0: Hello, you're listening to the HRD Live podcast. This conversation with Kim Atherton, CEO and co-founder of Just Three Things, was recorded remotely from our homes on June 19th, 2020, during the coronavirus lockdown. And as a result, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. We had a wonderful conversation about HR's role in helping businesses to pivot post-pandemic and the centrality of mindset in doing so. Enjoy the podcast. Kim, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Obviously, since the last time we spoke, we've been through an entire lockdown and the world is in a very different shape from what it was. Um, what I'd love to know from you, I think, first of all, is we're kind of nearing some sort of new new normal now, as people say. What do you think the challenges are that businesses are facing now post-COVID, I suppose, in a sense, in this new normal we're going into? what What do you see as the major challenges we're facing?
1: So I think uh, it's a really interesting question because um, as you say, there is no normal. And I think uh, challenges that uh, we see today might be completely different from the challenges we might be talking about in six months and, and, and looking back on. But I think in my experience, um, speaking to lots of different uh, clients and potential clients and organizations um, uh, through my work at Just Three Things, I think there's probably two main things that are coming out. So, I think the first one is um, just the really obvious one around remote working. So, um, as we've all seen um, uh, in the press, so many organisations are saying actually this is really working for us. Um, and uh, the the more I guess modern companies like Twitter and Slack um, are making announcements to say you know we are going completely remote. But even more established and traditional businesses like uh, the CEO of Barclays um, uh, a couple of weeks ago said, actually, this is really working for us. Um, and we are looking at remote uh, working options. And that's a, a seismic change. And, and ha- it's happened so quickly. I mean, we've been in lockdown for what 12 weeks and you've got traditional businesses saying who would. He will be really um uh strict in terms of working in the office twelve weeks ago are saying actually this future flexible work it's it can work and it's possible and and I think that's one of the really positive things that's going to come out of uh, of this um and I think that has lots of knock on implica- uh, implications that we can uh, perhaps chat through but I think the second kind of really big um, uh, realisation for organisations is the need to think about um, how they innovate and pivot um, and doing that on a more consistent basis. And you, know, when I talk about pivot, I'm, I'm not just talking about Pivoting an entire business strategy, although obviously that is going on, and um, it's more around how do we get the mindset of agility and nimbleness into our workforce, and and combining those two challenges, how do we do that when the workforce is remote? Because you know this, oh, these all these overused phrases of changes, the new normal, and unprecedented, and all of these things. They're kind of overused because they're true. Um, mm-hmm. And I think organizations are really thinking, they're looking at these startups thinking, well, you know, Brewdog Brewery are now producing hand sanitizer and all these kind of people that have really pivoted and saying, well, actually, as a larger company, consumer behavior is changing and will change um, uh, probably forever. And we need to think about how we have that, that agility and that mindset through the business to adapt to this new normal.
0: I mean, there's so much <laughs> to unpack there, I think. Predictably so, you know, there, there's a huge amount of process. But one of the things you mentioned there about, around these large companies now looking at remote working permanently, maybe you're just looking at the, that's the way business will operate now. What, how, how on earth are we going to change the way we, we interact with one another and communicate with one another? What do you think of, the, I suppose, the key areas for innovation when it comes to pivoting for this new working world?
1: So I think if we just look at remote working, I think that there's um, probably two uh, really big challenges. Um, So I think the first one is how do we how do we connect within the team? So how do we make sure that within within the team we're working on, that we are uh, communicating regularly, that we are um, uh, bonding, forming um, uh, as a team? And um, if we're going to continue to work remotely, that means recruiting people into the team and um, potentially from now almost anywhere in the world because um, uh, location is now not a barrier. And how do we make sure that we onboard and um, uh, and introduce those people to the teams? And and that's almost a, a more straightforward problem um, uh, because it's around using all of the wonderful uh, connectivity tools like Slack and uh, Zoom and all of those things to have those kind of regular um, uh, check-ins. But I think the real challenge is how do we communicate between teams? Um, Because I think that that it's almost relatively easy if you are um, uh, one small unit of people to find your own preferred method of communication um, within that team uh, to make sure you're on track and that you're uh, socializing even together. But it's the connection between teams, I think, that organizations um, are really finding a challenge because usually between teams you would have all the usual governance and structures which would include meetings and reporting and all of that type of stuff that just don't work as well in a virtual world and i think any of us that have tried uh, a large zoom call probably understand people are over the risks of, I don't know, doing something inappropriate in the background on your Zoom call. (laughs) And uh, it's still incredibly difficult to have those connections between teams um, uh, in a large setting um, using those types of of platforms like uh, Zoom and Skype and so forth. So connecting people between teams and also aligning their work because you can't rely on these kind of water cooler chats or the the kind of more the, the more formalized governance it's how do you how do you make sure that the work of different teams is still aligning to the strategy and um, and we're still updating each other on progress without end-to-end back-to-back zoom calls um all day uh, and you come out exhausted and all you're really doing is updating each other on how progress is going and not actually doing any work Um so i i'm having a a lot of people kind of come to us at Just Things with that being the main challenge in terms of remote working.
0: Wow. Well, I think we, yeah, everyone listening to this, I think, can relate to the problem of of, of the Zoom call with a million people on it and trying to, trying to get a word in edgewise. But also, I think you, you mentioned there's so many tools and, and digital solutions that we can use now to kind of that we already sort of had in place that meant that we were prepared to some extent to be in a remote setting. But there's a human element to all of this, which it seems can just kind of fall to the wayside i'm not sure what you think about it but you know for example if you a lot of teams now have sort of friday zoom drinks you know but it's not it's not quite the same is it i think how do you think we can try to maintain the human element in what we're doing despite all of the the distance between us
1: yeah no completely i think even personally I mean, i've got a relatively small team and we started off having these virtual tea breaks as i'm sure everybody else did um, and at first it was really enthusiastic and if it was someone's birthday we'd make cakes and it was yeah everyone was really into it and as the weeks have gone by less and less people join the call and uh, it's all a, a little bit less enthusiastic and you can feel that kind of um connection uh, going a little bit so i think i think there's probably a couple of things i think um uh you know we all need human interaction i mean ultimately we're you know our brains haven't really evolved that much um in millions of years we kind of need face-to-face communication and i would say at least once a quarter um for remote teams just getting together um socially i think is absolutely vital um i think that uh when in terms of actually more regular communication um being on the same page so not not coming together in order to update progress almost kind of doing that beforehand and then coming together to say what are the questions on this or actually how do we how do we move forward rather than um i've been on awful zoom calls where you're literally going around the room almost and and everyone is kind of doing a spiel and then they're like right that's my slot done i can go on mute and tend to the kids and then on to the next person and and it's really futile and so i think uh somehow finding a way using perhaps digital tools, um, uh, or even just a shared document to update each other on progress before you get on the call. So having a bit more discipline around um, uh, prep for these things um, is really helpful. Um, And then in terms of of those kind of water cooler or actual kind of interaction calls, I think think just having fewer people. I mean, even socially, I don't know if you find this. Even socially, I find that if you get above about five people, it just everyone talks over each other it's not yeah you know, i think either yeah. you're gonna have a bigger zoom call have structure prep and make it about work and then if you want smaller ones do it with smaller smaller groups of people and then have a quarterly actual physical meetup
0: i think that's a really good point i, I think a lot of businesses or i think everyone maybe the first office reaction was to start doing all these Zoom calls because it felt like it was a good replacement for personal interaction. And then the more and more we've realised, actually, it's not. It's kind of, if anything, it's an obstruction most of the time. And yeah, like the amount of times I think, you know, even myself, I could have thought, this could have been an email. <laughs> I feel, you know, this, this was half an hour, that could have been an email. But, but I think, yeah, there, there's a huge amount that... um We're learning in the process of going through this and changing, but I think that mindset is a really key part of that and how our mindset develops throughout. And I think another key part of this is how the people function generally in HR leaders need to pivot their mindset going forward to help organisations to develop after this, because there's this teething process we go through now and then there's this new, again, this new normal, whatever it is, where we need to grow, we need to individually and as an organization continue to grow. How do you think that that mindset pivot can take place? And what do you think are the characteristics that the HR leaders need to do so?
1: Yeah, I think this is an uh, yeah, enormous question. And again, I think it will um, uh, continue to evolve as we understand what this new normal is. Um, I think some of it comes back to um, uh, you know, the second point that I made at the beginning around you, you've got remote working and connecting people in one hand, and then you've got this kind of mindset change um that organizations need to go through from you know, having a stable um or relatively stable environment and, uh, and, and stable perhaps consumer behavior and so forth, um which is about you know doing more not more of the same but um uh essentially executing more efficiently um to now which is actually we you know consumer behaviour is changing absolutely unrecognisably Um, and uh, even just really small things like people I don't think people will go back to the high street I don't think people will you know now they've discovered um, a new way of shopping I don't think that that they'll go back to the high street they'll say actually it's easier now I've got overcome that barrier to entry I now won't go back and there's so many things that we realize we can live without or etc I think consumer behavior is changing enormously and businesses will need to respond to that and so the mindset change, I think, that's required to do that is one of um, agility and growth and experimentation, rather than one of executing against projects. Um, and I think uh, you know, this, again, um, uh, I've been doing a lot or hearing a lot from clients around how they are, how or how they're looking at going about doing this. And um, some of it is helping people move from more of a fixed mindset to more of an emergent mindset. So thinking about um, uh, things as learning opportunities or both personally and as a company, um, uh, thinking about um, instead of having a whole long project backlog, um, uh, perhaps HR might have a project backlog that lasts a year and they might have these big chunky projects, you know, implement this training uh, program and do this flex bends, and et cetera, et cetera. Moving from that type of almost kind of fixed deterministic program of work a much more um, of an experimental approach where you might put forward a hypothesis you know we think we hypothesize that um uh, our employees will respond really well to bite sized um chunks of uh well-being um uh training or input in this new environment and so instead of saying right let's commission a big program of, of um uh, of work around this let's uh, spend lots of money saying, well, what's the smallest way we can test that assumption that we think our employees will respond well to that? It might be to test it with the employee forum or test it with a subset and actually get get that structured feedback and only when that people are responding well and perhaps you've made some changes to that program saying, right, now we might roll it out to a few more people and see how they respond. And if they respond well, we'll make some changes. Right now, we might go further rather than, and that's a very, very different mindset from um this deterministic, we've got all of our work planned out for the year, we know exactly what we're going to do, et cetera. And and why I think it's better um, is because consumer behaviour and employee behaviour is changing so much, all teams need to think a lot more in this way. You know, let's let's make a hypothesis, test our assumptions around that, test it with either our consumers or our employees, same thing, depending on you know, if you're if your customer are <laughs> external or internal. And then only when customers or, or uh, employees are responding well, then invest more, rather than have this um, very, very, very long lead time, big bang deliverables.
0: I think that's really interesting, and it's, it's a really great point you make about experimentation, because it all almost seems counterintuitive in a time like this to be like, let's try out things and see what happens, because obviously everyone's so a lot of people are terrified of what's or just very you know concerned about what's going to happen. But I think that mindset is 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 really crucial but i also think there's something there around safety and stability as well and feeling like you can make mistakes and feel like you can try things out so i feel like it, it, from your perspective is well-being a huge part of that is this something we need to focus on in terms of making people feel like i can start um experimenting more and feel comfortable with that in order to move forward
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. And this is probably one of the biggest challenges in this mindset shift is um, uh, crucial to thinking in this way uh, and being willing to, I guess, give things a go is psychological safety. and before COVID, I would have said, um, uh, you know, think about uh, the leadership team, think about how they um, hold up learning opportunities as, as just that rather than failure, um, that celebrate uh, when that's happened, uh, be public, don't cover up, um, uh, don't do individual reward, which is a big thing for me that drives a lack of psychological uh, safety, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think almost post-COVID, it's a really big challenge because it's really tough for for employers to provide true psychological safety for a workforce that are genuinely scared of losing their jobs as the, the economy uh, contracts. I think that's a really, really big challenge because you know the whole point of saying, "Well, look, you know, give this a go, experiment, um, look at the outcome you're trying to achieve, not just delivering the project." a lot of that depends on people feeling very safe in their role and we just can't provide that at the moment and that's a really tough um ask and um, I think one of the ways to counteract that a little bit is to focus on more I guess more traditional holistic well-being i.e um uh you know things like mindfulness and making sure that you are separating work and, and home even if you're working from home and taking breaks and encouraging people to take their holiday even if they're gonna spend it in the garden or uh, yeah all of those things I think um from the people function become a lot more important because organizations just aren't going to be able to provide for job security
0: of course. I I think, sadly, we're going to have to wrap up in a moment, but there, there's so much we could talk about on this note. But but following from what you just said, uh, the last thing I think I'd like to know is what have been your key takeaways from this time of, of disruption that, you know, we, we've all been through. But obviously, personally and professionally, there's so much that we've all learned, I think, from this. But what do you think have been your kind of key takeaways from you know this very strange year we're having
1: yes I mean when I was doing my psychology uh masters I think if someone had told me that this was going to happen I would have thought it was some dystopian novel because um <laughs> uh, you, really, you imagine this kind of mass uh experience um that was going through together and obviously it's been incredibly um uh heartbreaking with the deaths and so forth but I think uh, you're not wanting to make light of that whatsoever but I think there are some positives to come out of this. I think um, uh, the idea that you've got traditional companies looking at more flexible um, uh, solutions for remote working and workforce planning and so forth, I think is really positive. Um, I think that the idea that um, uh, leadership teams are thinking about their employees well-being, thinking about how they can connect and and um, uh, the importance of purpose and vision and connecting employees um, uh, and making sure their work feels valuable. I think all of those are being brought into much more stark relief. And I think that's a really, that could be a really positive thing for overall employee wellbeing and satisfaction.
0: Fantastic. Kim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Again, I really appreciate it and looking forward to having you on again very soon.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me.